Hey guys, and welcome to The Dropout, a daily podcast between father and son about life, sports, and everything in between. Today is Friday, so we're going to kick off the episode with a what's on your Kindle. Dad, what's on your Kindle right now? Well, um, I just read some... I finished the Hunger Games trilogy. And the reason I read that was because I know you said that a lot of your friends were reading it, and you were interested in reading it, so... I knew I had seen the first movie. I, I hadn't seen any of the other movies, so I knew the premise of it is fairly dark and um, kind of violent. And so I wanted to see what the books were like. And I have to say that I just don't think that um, the content of the book is appropriate for a sixth grader. But wanted to let you know. Wanted to ask what you thought about that and kind of what your friends are talking about or thinking about the book or books. I don't know. So Jack, his favorite part of the book is, or like Carter, he started the first book, but he hasn't gotten to the part where like, I guess like the gladiator fights and stuff. So he doesn't think it's that interesting, but Jack loves it because he's at that part. So I guess my, all my friends love that part of, part of the book. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. But I also don't think that those kind of things appeal to you or attract you. Um, I, I just think of the kind of movies that you might like or not like, and I think that the book itself would give you a lot of kind of negative thoughts, or at least things that might, I don't know, frighten, worry, anxiety. It's like a very kind of emotionally fraught book. It's written in a first-person perspective from the perspective of Katniss Everdeen, who's the main character. Uh, do you know what the book is about? Like, do you know the general plot story of it? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I know it's like about like. Um, this like place where there's like 12 regions and each region has to send one person like yearly to like the Hunger Games or two two people to the Hunger Games and like I guess like the sister couldn't like her sister was picked but she couldn't fight so like she went that's all I know yeah that's right there's 12 districts and then there's the capital and the capital exerts its control over the districts over all aspects of their life and every year as a reminder of the rebellion that occurred uh, they make the capitals each send one chi- uh, one male, male child and one female child to the Hunger Games which is basically a fight to the death and there's only one victor every year and so this is a book about kind of that experience uh, the main character like I said Katniss Everdeen her sister gets chosen but instead she volunteers instead of her and it's about her experience in it and then the rest of the books so that's the first book and the rest of the books are about kind of um her new battle not just against uh in the hunger games but really against the control of the capital and being a part of the rebellion against the capital and so overall it's a it's an engaging story there's some elements of it that i'm like not super into because like there's kind of this i don't she has this struggle between a desire for peace but also a desire for like vengeance and war and, and so it does explore some pretty difficult questions especially right now as we um, right now, there's some crazy business happening in Russia and Ukraine. Kids talking about it. Do you are you aware of anything, or do you know what's going on? No, no, nothing really happening. Nothing's really talking about it. But um, like nothing. Re- we aren't really talking about it at school. It's crazy what's going on. Um, really, for weeks, Putin has been threatening to invade Russia. I'm sorry. Uh, invade Ukraine and it finally happened uh, a couple days ago and we're just starting now to deal with the fallout 
uh, and increasing levels of violence. And really, no one knows how this is going to end, which is really scary because, as we talked about in when we talk about bomber mafia, right? The technology available to modern day warfare is just insane. And Russia is a nuclear power, and it makes threatening statements like "Don't don't try to but but your biz, um, but yourself into our business." Because Russia is a, a nuclear power, and so it makes just crazy statements like that. Um, that really you don't realize. It's hard to know what's going to happen. Uh, the only guarantee seems to be a lot of human suffering, and uh, definitely be praying for Ukraine right now. Especially want to pray for those people in Ukraine who are unable to leave or who have. Um, I read a story about Christians who have purposely decided to stay in Ukraine in order to. in order to um, love and support their their brothers and sisters, their neighbors, uh, and just pray for that country. Okay, so um, what should we talk about? Should I? What are you reading? So right now I'm just re still reading um, like parts of the Harry Potter series because they're still on my Kindle, and um, <coughs> I'm definitely reading... Um, Diary of Wimpy Kid, the newest one, Big Shot, and I really liked it. So, Big Shot is like about um, this. Um, gr if you've read um, Diary of Wimpy Kid, it's about Greg Heffley and his like, well, his like his what's it called? Like athletic, like sixth grade. So, basically, every Gre Greg Heffley's always in sixth grade. And I think each one is, like, about a different aspect of sixth grade. And it goes from, like, summer to school year to winter to s school year to summer to winter. to, s And it's just, like, cycles throughout the seasons. And this one was about, like, his athletics. And I really liked it. Sorry. So, um. So what I liked about it was how I could, like, relate and how like I liked basketball and because the sport he chose was basketball and like I just like how it like is an athletic one so it's all about like sports so that's my fit it was it was one of my favorite diary of Wimpy kids oh, nice. let me guess Greg Heffley's not very good at basketball no he's not he was on the um like the what you would call like the cut team like everybody who's cut. Did Rowley somehow end up being amazing at basketball? Surprisingly, Rowley wasn't in the story like that much at all. Oh, really? It was the only time he was mentioned was like when he was talking about the food he gives Rowley. So you reading anything else? No, I don't have anything on my Kindle right now. Okay, so what are any books that you want me to get for you? Um, no. What were you talking about? Ready Player Two. Ready Player One. Oh. So basically, it's... I've never read it. Maybe I'll read it if um, to see... I don't think it's as violent as The Hunger Games, but it's about... I think it's about the metaverse, or basically a future in which uh, you can basically go live and survive and play in the metaverse or something like that. And it talks about kind of what this future world might be like. I know there was a movie made by it, but I heard that the book is pretty good. You might be interested in it. And so um, I might check that one out. But since we don't have any more books to talk about, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit more about the conflict, the war in Ukraine and Russia, and give a little history lesson. 
And so, are you familiar with the Cold War? And what is the Cold War? The Cold War was like a war that was like a violenceless war that like ended in like 2019 or something between like U.S., China, and Russia or something. Or like between like three powers, I don't know. And it was like a war that was had no fight, violence in it. Yeah, um, so I, I think that's where the name Cold War co- Cold comes from. I'm not quite sure. Uh, there's a few details that I think might be inaccurate. It was typically, I don't think China was included in it. it and this is like kind of before China's rise to power um, as a kind of dominant superpower in the world. But it was really the end of the Cold War, I think, that also coincided with the b- beginning rise of China and the opening up of their own uh, kind of more market-oriented economy but still controlled by the state. Anyways, it was mostly between the Soviet Union, representatives of communism, and the United States of America, representatives of liberal Western democracy. And it was really um, trying to gain influence in various parts of the world uh, by, um, like, basically either influencing other nations and countries toward communism or towards democracy and uh, both I think what made it particularly scary was that both superpowers were both increasing and as well as had had available like nuclear weapons and um, after what we saw we talked about in Bomber Mafia like, like I mentioned before and after we saw what happened in Japan I think nobody wants that right and so it's this um policy called deterrence and deterrence is the idea that if i have a nuclear weapon that makes it less likely that someone will attack me because they will be fearful of me retaliating with my nuclear weapons and so do you see how that works it's kind of this i don't know if it's a oxymoron or a paradox or whatever but it's like the more nuclear weapons i have the less like or the more nuclear weapons there are the less likely that they will be used um Anyways, that was, uh, it ended in the late 1980s, though. Uh, and so, with the fall of the Soviet Union, it was kind of crumbling. Uh, I think communism was pretty much a failed project. And, yeah, I mean, very, I mean, obviously, like, Cuba, North Korea, some of those places are still, at least theoretically, communist. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of these old communists, uh, they call them satellite states around Russia that made up the Soviet Union. A lot of them broke free again independence in the late 80s, early 1990s. And one of those would be the Ukraine. Um, and so the problem is Russia considers Ukraine to be part of its kind of historic um, sphere of influence. And even people from eastern Ukraine have affinities, much more affinities with the east and Russia than the west. And so do you know what NATO is? organization yeah exactly and so russia considers uh nato to be a a natural enemy of it and so does not want ukraine to ever be in nato and is threatened by nato and uh its potential desire to have ukraine in it and so rather than allowing that they they basically say hey y'all gotta promise that ukraine will never be a part of nato russia wants to reassert its dominance in that region uh, in the 21st century because since the Soviet Union crumbled I think Russia has lost a lot of its influence and like you said with the rise of China and things like that really no one cares about Russia anymore 
Um, and you're. <laughs> I'm still scared of what, them. What's your, what's your take on Russia? Like, what do you think about the country? What is it known for? And this is news to me. So why are you scared of them? Uh, all I, know, sorry, all I know is um, they have a lot of nuclear weapons, and they're not exactly best friends with America. So that's why I'm scared. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like calling the bluff. Like they know nobody wants to go to war. Like nobody wants to go to war. And it's like, how much does the rest of the world care about Ukraine? And so the only thing that <clears throat> these Western countries are willing to do are like impose economic sanctions on Russia. And the problem, one of the problem is those economic sanctions take time and they're also painful. So what that means is like, for instance, Russia supplies a lot of energy to Western countries, Western Europe, for, for example, Germany. Uh, they supply a lot of like things like natural gas. They have a lot of oil reserves and things like that. And so because of this economic instability, gas prices are going to go up because the supply drops. The demand is the same. There's more volatility, more uncertainty. So prices go up. But I don't know if you've heard the news lately, but prices have already been going up because of COVID, supply chain stuff, uh, government policies of printing a lot of money, injecting so much money into the market. That's called inflation. Have you heard of inflation? What is inflation? Inflation is like when the value of money goes up. Oh. The value of money goes down because the price of goods goes up. So my, in a very kind of crude example, my $1 today buys less stuff than my $1 did last week. Prices are being inflated, but the real price of goods stays the same. It's just my currency is, is not as valuable as it used to be. And that's a problem. You don't want, I mean, there, there's a healthy amount of inflation with a growing economy, but uh, if you have too much inflation, it's not good because people uh, can't afford things. And then what ends up happening is you can get a cycle of inflation where stuff starts to cost more, so people have to pay Companies have to pay people more money, right, to keep them engaged in working. But then because they do that, they have to raise the prices on their goods. And so you actually never solve the problem by just raising prices. I'm sorry, by just raising wages because oftentimes the price of goods will increase alongside of it. Anyways, uh, that's that's kind of where the U.S. is right now, kind of in a pretty precarious position. Yeah. So... If we're talking like math here, would like the independent variable be like um, the pr- um, like the workers' wages, and the dependent variable would be the price of the goods? Um, I mean, there's so many other factors besides that, you know, that you have to consider. That uh, it, it's probably not like a really basic, just a little X Y graph. I mean, if it was, it'd be pretty easy to solve, I think. Uh, but in the real world, there's so many, uh, so much uncertainty, so much unknowns, so many other factors to, to consider that I think we can't simplify it quite that much. Anyways, who know? Again, like I said, uh, diplomacy didn't work. You know, kind of just asking Putin not to, not to invade Ukraine, and. Uh, threatening economic sanctions on him but they will and so they're going to try to cripple cripple the russian economy which on the one hand you know that's that's better than sending people into war but on the other hand on the other hand who does that hurt i mean it doesn't hurt 
the elite. Who? I mean, yeah, it will hurt the elites because <clears throat> maybe that'll make Russia more unstable. But it hurts the Russian people is what I'm trying to say. Like the Russian stock market tanked. The Russian currency is going to tank. It's the normal common people in Russia who are going to suffer as well because of the decisions of their government. Uh, the elites in Russia are going to suffer because the Western, you know, this is a, a globalized economy. The Western nations are just going to cut off Russia from the global economy. And Russia's been preparing for this. They've been st- uh, kind of stockpiling foreign currencies, but it's not it, it's not going to last. And so this is, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Really sad. Um but also something we need to pray for. Uh, Christian believers all over the world are going to be praying for Christians both in Ukraine as well in Russia. And we we just hope for a resolution to this conflict with a a minimal loss of life and uh, destruction. But right now, that that doesn't seem likely. Okay, yeah, I agree. Um, But I don't really know what to say. What would you do? If you were in power in order to stop Russia? Um, probably cut off the trade, like you said. Yeah. All right. Well, we had a little longer episode today, so we were able to talk about what's both on our Kindles, what we're reading, as well as the conflict in Ukraine and Russia. Me being scared of Russia might also um, affect my decision. Yeah, emotions. They're important. All right. Well, Nathaniel, have a great day at school. Enjoy your Friday, and we will see you later. Bye.